is, uh, is een voorrecht voor ochtend en uh, misschien net vannig noem vir julle, dat uh, vir die van julle wat vergeet het, die eerste zondag van elke maand doen onze Engelse dienst. So vir ochtend, vir ochtend is ons Engelse dienst, welkom by die Engelse dienst vanmorgen. En uh, voor ons begin, kom ons word net stil voor Abba Vader. Abba Vader, we come to you in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the opportunity that we can be in your presence this morning. We want to honor you this morning with our voices. We want to honor you with our lives. We want to honor you with the word that we bring this morning. And therefore, Father, I ask you that the words of my mouth and the dedication of my heart will be acceptable unto you, O Lord. And we honor and we praise you in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about 2022, and uh, it's the second day of 2022, and most of you will know that we don't celebrate New Year's, and, uh, but, you know, we live in a world where the year starts on the 1st of January, and um, so therefore, when we, look at, when we look at this world and we see, and we see uh, what is happening, there were celebrations all over the place, it was quite funny, Sonia and I, on uh, the 31st. Uh, we went to bed and we normally read in bed as well and we were still, we, we read past 12 o'clock. I didn't realize that it went past 12. And suddenly I heard these, voice, these noises and I was looking at her and she said, it's 12 o'clock, it's New Year. And I said, oh, okay, is that what it is? And I for, forgot a little bit about that, but, uh, but that's what happened. So this morning I want to talk to you about what are you looking for in 2022? What are you expecting for this year? And last week when I spoke to you, I actually mentioned to you that we had a discussion in the prayer room when we prayed before the service regarding New Year's resolutions. And you know, we, we, we have these New Year's resolutions and, and Marianne meant something while we were up there and she said, you know, it, it is so interesting that when you look at people and you look at the internet and you look at social media and everybody is talking about New Year's resolutions and what's going to happen in the New Year and what they want to do for the New Year, start new diets and do all sorts of weird things, which we never get to anyway. But anyway, um, it's a good idea, at, it, or it was a good idea, idea at the time. But, but we do these New Year's, new year's resolutions, and, and her question was this, and she said, do we actually make a commitment to spend more time with God. And that triggered the message for this morning. Because is that, what we do? is that what we do? You know, people often make New Year's resolutions in the beginning of the year, but what is amazing to me is they never see it through. They never get to do it. Or they start off with a bang and then suddenly it withers away and they stop doing it. And most of these resolutions, if you look at them, normally concerns ourselves. It's always about me. It's not about what I can do for somebody else or what I can do to spend more time with God. Or It's always something about me, myself, and I. And one of the biggest problems with resolutions is that they are just that. They are resolutions. They are not commitments. We're not making commitments anymore. And you know what concerns me is, is commitments aren't what they used to be. You know, I remember quite a few years back when you made a commitment to somebody, you kept the commitment. You did it. But these days, people make commitments and, oh, sorry, something else came up. I got busy. I forgot. You know, and all sorts of excuses of why they, they can't get to the commitments that they made. And my question is, 
How many of you, maybe, have made New Year's resolutions in the past and, and actually committed to them and, uh, and completed them? Because that's the big thing. Because somebody will say, yeah, I committed to them. I started my New Year's resolution, but I never completed it. But the question really is, are we making a commitment to grow in our relationship with Yeshua and with Abba Father? Are we changing our focus to commit to serving God? Because that is really the question. What are we here for? We are here to serve God. We are here to serve one another. And are we make, really changing our focus to do just that? It's quite interesting you know, if, if I look at some of these resolutions, some of the, the prophetic words that we get are, are sort of like resolutions. And I've already received quite a few of them with prophetic word for 2022, even though most of these prophets that are now sending out some prophecies, and I'm not talking about all prophets, don't get me wrong, um, I'm not against prophecies, but some of the prophecies that we are getting and, uh, you know, are from the same guys that couldn't that couldn't predict 2021 and 2020, uh, 2020 and they were, they were making all sorts of amazing statements of what was going to happen to people, and never, nobody ever foresaw what happened with, with COVID and the lockdowns and, and what happened to people in the last two years, in the past two years. But guys are back in full force, and they are telling us how our lives will change for the better in 2022. Now, I don't, I don't really concern myself a lot with that. The only prophecies that I concern myself with is what Father gives us in His Word. And uh, when a person that I trust as, a, as somebody with a, with a true gift of prophecy says something to me. And, and, you know, I'm very careful when, you know, with these generalized prophecies that go out to everybody, you know, and, and what, what scares me about that is people read this prophecy and somebody sitting in the U.S. or wherever they are make this prophecy and somebody reads it here in South Africa and they oh, yeah, that's exactly for me. You know what we should be doing? We should read the Word of God because that's exactly for you. That is Father's Word for each one of us, every single person. We should read the Bible and see what God wants to say to us. We run to people and say, Ooh, do you have a word for me, or do you have a word for me? What has God said to you, to you about me? You know, sometimes people come to see me for, for counseling, and then they ask me, they say to me, and I'll say, well, what, how can I help you? What can I help you with? And then they look at me and they say to me, what did God say to you about me? I say, what do you want, me, what, what do you want him to say to me? <laughs> Why are you here? Let me hear what you are here for, and then we can work with that. You know, we can work further with that. You know, it's like, you're not going to arrive here, and Father has told me the day before, this person is going to arrive, and you're going to say this and this to them. It doesn't work that way. But anyway, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to hear. And, and sometimes what I said earlier as well is that these prophecies, what I see about within these prophecies is that they are, or the so-called prophecies, are very much like the resolutions that people make. They focused on the individual, and most of them don't materialize. I've never seen any prophet say something, didn't come true, that said, sorry guys, I was wrong. You don't hear about that. They just keep quiet. So why are we so interested in, in all these predictions? Why are we so interested in prophecies and predictions? Have you ever wondered about that? Because a lot of people are interested in it. It's because we want to know the future. 
We want to know what's going to happen in the future. We want to know what's going to happen this year and how that is going to affect me. And then for, for all of us, I think it's the whole world, for all of us that, that lived through the past two years, we want to know when our lives will return back to normal. I've heard so many people say to me, oh, if we can just get back to normal, we just need to get back to normality. My question this morning is, what is normal? What is normal? Because what is normal for you and I is not normal for the guy sitting and living on the streets. And what is normal for him is not normal for the person lying in hospital. What is normal? You see, we can't determine normal. We don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. In fact, we don't even know what's going to happen in the next couple of seconds. So what is normal? You know, I looked at the, at the world and specifically in what we call the modern world or the revolutionized world or whatever you want to call it. When we look at the modern world, what has happened? Is this modern world has created busy people. And that has become the norm for all of us, to be busy. Because if you're not busy, it's not normal. You have to be busy. And if you're not busy, people wonder what you're actually doing, because why aren't you busy? You know, I, I sometimes, it's quite funny, I sometimes we drive somewhere, maybe we go visit Sonia's sister, or one of her sisters, or we go to family, or whatever we do, we drive somewhere. And it would be like, after church on Sunday and we'll go somewhere and there will be lots of cars on the road and I'll go, what are all these people doing on the road? Forgetting that I'm on the road. <laughs> you know, going somewhere. So we're all going somewhere. But we're always, always busy. And you know what is quite interesting about this is that our lives are consumed with everything going on around us. Our lives are consumed with our jobs, for those who still have jobs, with our studies, for those who still go to school and university, but I think that has returned to some sort of what we believe is normality. We are kept busy with our hobbies, with entertainment, and with all sorts of other things. We are always busy. We are always busy with things. And then came lockdown. And what I noticed during lockdown, and specifically this, what, what we now know as the new normal, is that people are working from home. They don't go into an office anymore. They now work from home, so we're busy working from home. And what has happened to people is that suddenly we don't have somewhere to go. We don't get up in the morning, busy with fixing ourselves up, getting in the car, driving to the office, sit at the office, work till late. Sometimes we've, we work later than what we're supposed to do. Get home, make food, sit down, have, have a quick meal. Then we're tired, we finish up, go to bed, and we sleep. And we don't have that anymore. And now what, what is happening, specifically for those who are married and with those who are with families, suddenly we have a lot of time to spend with one another. And we see each other all day, every day, except for the times that we sit in our office and, you know, at home or I don't know where people sit in the dining room or maybe in the lounge or wherever they sit and they're busy with work and they're busy doing their work and what they're supposed to do. But we're always in each other's faces. And what has happened in these, these last two years is what I've noticed, and specifically if you do counseling, you'll notice this as well, is that um, people are being forced to spend time together. And they develop conflict. And they develop relationship issues. And it's not so much fun to be in each, each other's presence anymore because we're not used to doing that. 
And we suddenly learn things from one another that we didn't know before. See, and if we just look at it differently, if we just looked at this and said, you know, maybe our Father gave us an opportunity to reflect on our lives, to decide what is really important in our lives. What is really important for each one of us? He's given us this opportunity to spend time with one another. Have you made time or have you made um, use of that, of that opportunity that He's given you? Because what I see is most people fall in a situation where they develop conflict. Where they're not sure if this was the right thing to do. Because we've become so used to being away from one another that when we spend time with one another, it becomes a problem. First couple of weeks was fun. It was like holiday. And then reality kicked in and it changed uh, a lot of things in our lives. But my question this morning is, and it's a question that Marianne asked last week, is how much time are you spending with Yeshua and with Abba Father? Have you actually made time for Him? You know, I had a chat with, with Ernie this week. And Ernie mentioned something very special to me. We had a nice chat about that. He mentioned something very special to me. And he said to me that, you know, the Lord's Day starts at the end of the day. If you read the Bible, if you read um, Genesis, and you will see when you read about the creation and God made every day, and He said it was evening and it was morning the first day. So God's day starts when the evening starts. And it is, it is so wonderful, you know, when I started realizing why is that, you know, I questioned this, why do we do this? Why does the, God's day start at the end of the day when evening falls? It is because we enter into rest. And Father wants us to enter into His rest. So what happened is Ernie told me what he did. Is be, when, he, when he just thought about this and he realized again that, you know, but God's day starts at, the, at, at sunset. So what he did is he, he downloaded, and I think I got this right, Ernie. He downloaded a, an app. And what this app does, it tells him exactly what time sunset is. So what he did, when his phone warns him and says this is sunset, he stops everything. And he spends time with our Father. And he says mostly to worship. Mostly to worship. And he starts his day in the presence of the Creator. He starts his day in the presence of our Father. You know, Ernie said that suddenly he started hearing Father's voice more clearly. It enriched his relationship with Father, and he experienced him in a renewed way. Why? Because he started to make time to work on his relationship with God. And it reminded me, and I mentioned that to him when we spoke, it reminded me of David's statement in Psalm 63, verse 1 to 3. David says this, well, it says, a psalm of David, when he was in the wilderness of Judah, O God, you are my God, early will I seek you. You know what is wonderful about this word early? If you go and look at the word, and you look at the Hebrew word that, that, that it was translated from, it is the word shakar. That word shakar means earnestly and diligently to seek. 
So what he is saying there as well is he says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly and diligently will I seek you. He says, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You know what's interesting about water? If you look at the symbolism within the word, we'll see that the water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit and water is a symbol of the word of God. So he says, he says there, he's, he's sitting in a place, in a world where there is no Spirit of God and where there is no Word of God. What are we living in today? If you look at this day today, you know the one book that everybody wants to get rid of and destroy is the Bible. We're not allowed to talk about God in the schools anymore. We're not allowed to talk about God at work anymore. We're not allowed to talk about God in public anymore. You see, they want to get rid of the Word of God. And when I read this again yesterday, I said, Lord, but this is what we're in. We're sitting in a land, in a thirsty land, a dry and thirsty land, because we thirst for the Word of God. We thirst for the Spirit of God. And we're sitting in this land that is void of the Word of God and the Spirit of God because people are not interested in it anymore. Verse 2, he says, he says, why? Why is he doing this? He says, to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen you in the sanctuary, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Are we making time for God? You see, David understood what it meant to seek, for, uh, seek for Father in everything that he did. He had such a love and a desire for Father that he would seek Him in all his plans and purposes. And shouldn't you and I be doing the same thing? Seek Him in all our plans and in all our purposes. Make Him the focus of our lives. You see, David was seeking the presence of Father without interference and distractions that would divert his attention. And you and I have so many diversions and, and distractions in this world that we, we need to switch off. Do like Ernie said. I switch off. I stop everything and I start worshiping God. I start spending time with Him. You know, sometimes I can get distracted. In preparing the Word of God, you know, I normally sit on a Saturday morning, early in the morning, get up, go sit in front of my computer, and then I wait. This week, I, I think it was, it was easier to find a, a message or, you know, because of what happened last week and with all the discussions that I had with people. But sometimes I sit there and I can sit there for two, three hours without knowing what to talk about. And I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to give me some idea or some inclination of what He wants me to talk about. And then when I start the message, I get very involved. I'm a researcher, so I can research things to the nth degree sometimes. So what would happen, I would be busy writing the message or preparing the service for this morning, preparing the message, and then there's something that I want to do a little bit more research on just to give you guys a better idea of what is happening. So this is why I tell you all these new things and some of the words and the meaning of the words, etc., etc. And then I go look it up quickly. And then I see something else that catches my eye, and before long I'm busy a half an hour with something that I'm not supposed to be busy with. 
not supposed to be busy with, but not working on the, on the message. And I have to force myself to get back. And there are so many distractions in this life. And we're going to switch them off. You know, we, we are so used to our phones. We're so used to technology, and we, sometimes we sit and we read the Word on our phones. What happens to us when we sit and we read our Word, and something will pop up because this is what our phones does or do. They, uh, a message will pop up that you've got a new WhatsApp. What do we do? Oh, let me just go and have a look, quick look at what's the, what, what the WhatsApp says. You know what we should be doing? We should be switching off everything and take the Word of God, the Bible, this book, and start reading what it says here so that we can spend time with Father and not be distracted. But we're not doing that. So David says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend time so that there's no interference and no distractions in my life while I'm busy building my relationship with Father. You see, the favor of God was the biggest desire of David's heart. And that desire would be indicated by his making Abba Father the earliest, the first, and the most earnest object of his search for the day. Starts his day off with God. Isaiah, Isaiah made a similar statement to what David made. In Isaiah 26 verse 9 we read the following. Isaiah says, With my soul have I desired you in the night. Yes, with my spirit within me will I seek you early. And again, this word early, I think the better word would have been if they, if they used the proper word for it or the proper definition for it, shakar, earnestly and diligently. And I want to read that with those two words in mind. You, you can read early. It's not wrong to read early there. It means early as well. I just think earnestly and diligently makes a better uh, translation. It says, with my soul have I desired you in the night. Yes, with my spirit within me will I seek you earnestly and diligently. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. What is it all about? It's all about righteousness. Living in righteousness. Living in the righteousness of Yeshua, of Jesus Christ. Do you feel this way about Him? Do you feel a way about God that David and Isaiah felt about Him? Do you have such a love and a desire for Him? Or has religion become a little bit of a burden to you? Are we just busy with our own things rather than spending time with God? You know, despite all the predictions and the prophecies and the resolutions, we honestly have no idea what 2020 will hold, or 2022, I'm two years back, what 2022 will hold in store for us. We've got no idea. But you see, we've got hope. We've got hope in God. And that's something that you and I have that nobody else has. If we trust in God, we have hope. If we trust in God, we can look forward to 2022. We can look forward to every single day. Because every day, in His name, in His presence, is a new and a fresh day for each one of us. And I wonder how we will do this year. Will we get busy again? Will we make any better use of our time? Will we use the time available to us to earnestly and diligently seek Father in every aspect of our lives? Will we make time in our busy schedule for our Creator and our Savior? 
in 362 days, from today, today is the 2nd of January, in 362 days, when this year is over, will we be looking back with joy or will we be looking back with regret? Will we be looking at the future with anticipation or with a bit of dread? See, Paul makes a very important statement in Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 17. You know what's interesting about Ephesians 5? If you mention Ephesians 5, everybody thinks it's about what Paul says to the wives and the husbands and the children. But you know that portion before that, we should memorize this, that. And listen to this, what he says in Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 17. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly. And that word circumspectly is the Hebrew word akribos. And that word akribos means exactly, accurately, and diligently. So see that you walk circumspectly, exactly, accurately, and diligently, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. That word redeeming the time actually means buying time back, buying time. In Afrikaans, there's a nice saying in, in the Afrikaans um, translation. It says, To buy the time that you have available. He says, Because the days are evil, wherefore be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord, what the will of the Lord is, what the will of Father Yahweh is. And Paul is saying that we ought to make wise and careful use of every opportunity for doing God's will. Don't let any moment go to waste, but seek Father in every available moment. Paul is saying that our time on earth is limited, but that we have an eternity to look forward to. What you do now and how you spend your time and with whom you spend your time will determine your eternity. So don't make unwise and foolish decisions that will be detrimental to your destiny. Make sure that you know what the will of Father Yahweh is and that you can live accordingly. David also knew how short our days are when he wrote in Psalm 39 verse 4. He says, Yahweh, make, make, to, uh, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. The mightiest king that Israel ever had, the mightiest king, is saying to God, make me aware of how frail I actually am. See, he's asking Father to reveal to him how dependent he is on God. And you and I are just as dependent on Father, but sometimes we forget how vulnerable we really are. And Yeshua clearly stated in John 15 verse 5, with that without Him we can do nothing, and that is absolutely true. Without Him you and I can do nothing. Without Him we would not even be here because He created us. Without Him we can't even breathe because He breathed His breath of life into every one of us. We are completely dependent on God, whether you know it or not. Some people don't want to accept it, but guess what? You are dependent on Him. 
And because of this, it is important that we make use of every moment in, in, uh, in time, every moment that is available to us to honor God and to worship Him. I believe Paul, when he was writing this verse in, in um, Ephesians, Ephesians 5, I, I believe that he was referring to Psalm 90 when he made this statement in verse 16. And in Psalm 90, 19 verse 12 we read, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Wow. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. This is a prayer in the Bible. Psalm 90 is a prayer. Go read it. It's a wonderful prayer. And the prayer is requesting that Father would instruct us to understand the limitations of our days and how quickly they pass away. And this is so that we will apply the wisdom of God to our lives to ensure that we will follow Him earnestly and that we will follow Him diligently and to make the most of every possible opportunity that He has given to us. See, we will need to stop wasting our precious time. We need to determine what is really important and prioritize our lives accordingly. How much time are we wasting on things that are not really important? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever sat down and just write down everything that you do in a day and then look at that and see and how much of that is important and how much of that is not? So what are you looking for in 2022? Maybe wealth? Entertainment? Maybe it's recognition or honor? Or are you seeking God's presence? There's an interesting story in the Bible that we read in Luke 10 where Yeshua is visiting with Mary and with Martha and with Lazarus. And he sat down to teach. And when he sat down to teach, Mary was sitting at his feet and she was soaking in every word that he was saying. She didn't want to miss one single moment in the presence of the Almighty God, in the presence of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. Meanwhile, while this is taking place, I don't know if I should call her poor Martha, but Martha was I, 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 I out in the kitchen. And then I realized back in those days they didn't really have kitchens like we have kitchens because she was outside where they prepared the food and she was busy preparing food. She was preparing dinner, maybe. And we would think that she was busy with something very important. She was making sure that everybody that was there that was listening to Yeshua had something to eat. She was preparing food for them. That is an important thing, don't you think? Because, you know, Yeshua was there. Maybe, you know, we should at least give him something to eat. Very important job she was doing. Martha also thought that it was a very important thing to do. And sometimes I just wonder, when I was reading this, is it possible that she was seeking a bit of, bit of recognition? And say, so, guys, you're all sitting here, look at Martha. You know, while you're sitting listening to me, she's preparing the food. Well done, Martha. Isn't that what we're looking for? And she got upset. Martha got upset that she was the only one busy preparing the food and that Mary was sitting listening to Yeshua and she was not helping her. So what did Martha do? The best thing that she could. She complained to the Lord. And she went to Yeshua 
And she said to Yeshua, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Lord, look at me. Poor me. I'm busy doing and I'm preparing all this food for all of you here. Why is Mary not helping me? Maybe you should instruct her to help me because she's not going to listen to me. I think if you tell her to help me, she'll get up and help me. I don't think she expected the answer that Yeshua gave her. I really don't. And listen to what he says to her. This is wonderful. Luke 10 verse 41 to 42. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. And aren't we all troubled about many things? We are worried about what's going to happen this year. We're worried about what happened in the last two years. We're worried about our children. We're worried about our jobs. We're worried about everything. We are warriors. Not warriors with a sword, but warriors. Worry about everything in life. And this is what he's saying to her. You are troubled about many things. Listen to this. But one thing. I want you to listen carefully to what he says to her. He didn't say to her, you know, there are a couple of other things that you can do that is more important. He said, there's one thing. One thing is needful. Only one. And listen to this, what he says. He says, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. What is he saying to her? She chose to be with me. She chose to spend time with me. And what was more important, making the food or spending precious time with Yeshua, listening to the gospel, hearing His voice, experiencing His love, building relationship with Him, what was more important? You see, He was only on earth for a short while, and then He was taken away. And He says, and that time that she spent with me will never ever be taken away from her. See, every time that you and I spend time in building our relationship with God will never, ever be able to be taken away from us. Never. But we're busy with everything else. We find so many important things. What can we learn from this? It's that the cares of this life are dangerous, even when they seem to be most lawful and commendable. It is more important to attend to the instructions of Yeshua than to be engaged in the affairs of the world. You see, the one will last forever. The other will be but for a short time. There are times when it is proper to, sus to suspend worldly responsibilities and to attend to the affairs of the soul. And if we are prepared to give up time to spend with Yeshua for seemingly other important things, we will always find a reason not to spend time with Him. If we can say one thing is more important than spending time with God, everything will be more important than spending time with God. Everything will start keeping us busy. You see, the most important thing for you and I is to solidify our relationship with Yeshua and with our Father. Our time is precious. And it's being absorbed and occupied by things that do not have eternal value. Paul gives us a resolution of what we should be focusing on. And in Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 21, he says the following. He says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Now, let me just give you this word excess. 
in Greek. It is the word asotia. It means an abandoned, indulgent life. Reckless, wasteful, unsavedness. And be not drunk with wine, weariness, an abandoned and an indulgent life, which is reckless and wasteful, and which leads to unsavedness. You know, when I just look at, at all these New Year's parties and functions and the last, well, the whole of December, I suppose, or most of December and and the beginning of January, what happened? Gave people the opportunity to get drunk. You know, and when, when the government said, there's no curfew anymore, people were so glad because then they can drink for longer. We're so absorbed by alcohol in this world of ours. And the more I look at it, the, the more frightened I get and when I say frightened I get frightened for the people that indulges in that because there's no godliness in that absolutely none if you don't believe me go read 1 Timothy 2 verse 3 no 3 verse, 2 verse 5 I think and he's talking about Yeshua let me, let me get there let me read that to you I think it's important Sorry, let me, I don't have that on the board for you. 1 Timothy 2. Let me just get there quickly. I'm almost there. Here we go. Uh, I said 1 Timothy 2 verse 3, but it's 1 Timothy 3. Sorry, I apologize. 1 Timothy 3. Oh, I don't have an English Bible in front of me. I was going to read to you in this. Do I? No, I don't have it. Can I, can I, get, your, can I get the Bible there quickly? Sorry. Listen to this. He says, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, and the word bishop there, if you go look at it, in in the Greek it means somebody with authority, somebody with godly authority. That's what it means. So they should have actually said there, if you desire the position of godly authority. He says he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine. In Afrikaans it says, geen drinker. We shouldn't be indulging in alcohol. Why shouldn't we be indulging in alcohol? Because it takes away your godly authority, according to Paul in, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 3. So what are we busy doing? And this is what he says to us in Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 21. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do we have to do? Giving thanks always. Verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. 
Submitting yourselves one to another. You see, if we consume ourselves with the desires of this world, we will never be able to know God's will for our lives. Now, what do you think God's will is for, your, for you in 2022? Do you think He wants your mind so saturated with worries and anxieties that you can't uh, think spiritual thoughts? Do you think He wants your calendar so crowded that you don't have time for the important things? And I've mentioned these important things quite a bit this morning. I want to show you something else just now. So what are you really looking for in 2022? How many of you would like a fresh start, a new beginning? In the past two years, we have experienced many setbacks, heartaches, and failures. All of us. And sometimes we allow these heartaches, setbacks, and failures to enslave us to the point that we never enjoy the extent of our relationship with Father and with Yeshua. But Yeshua wants us to have an abundant life. He wants us to live a good life. He wants us to live a life of His peace. Not worldly peace, His peace. He wants us to live a life with His joy. And therefore He says to us in John 10 verse 10, He says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You see, the good news is that Yeshua wants, to have, wants you to have a fresh start in life. He wants you to experience an abundant life. And what does that abundant life mean? It's to live in, a, in, a, in, in, an, in intimacy with Him, and that's the abundance of life that you and I actually need. He wants you to experience His love and His grace and His mercy. He wants you to be in an intimate relationship with Him. He wants you to make Him everything in your life. He wants each one of us to be completely fulfilled. How many of us have said before, I'm going to grow in my relationship with God. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to get more involved in church. I'm going to spend more quality time with my family. You had two years of opportunity to do that. I want to hope you make use, made use of it. The fact is that all of us here has made mistakes. All of us have made mistakes. Or we've made some bad decisions. We've made some decisions that hindered us from doing those things that we wanted to do, those things that are really, really, really important in our lives. We can look back on all these things and at all the challenges we had faced in the past two years, or in the past, maybe it's more than two years for some of us. But it's not going to change anything moving forward. You know, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19, listen to what he says. He says, remember you not the former things. He actually is, he's actually saying, forget about the things that happened. Remember you not the former things. Neither cons consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That is the God that you and I serve. He can change my life into this. He has the power to do that. Are we trusting Him enough? And listen carefully, the past is in the past. It is done. Someone sent me a, an interesting um, little message with regards to New Year and where it comes from, for the, from the God, Yanis, 
who has two faces, one looking forward and one looking back. God says, don't look back. He says, it is gone. There's no need for us to dwell in the past. Do you remember what Yeshua said in Luke 9 verse 62? He said that no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Why are we looking back? We need to put our hands, hands to the plow looking forward to a deep relationship with Father. We need to prioritize our lives, to focus on what is really important. And this morning I want to share something very interesting with you. It is something that I learned many years ago from a gentleman, he wrote a book about this, from a gentleman by the name of Dr. Stephen R. Covey. And he wrote a book, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. It's a business book, it's not a religious book, it's a business book. I had the opportunity to, to meet with Dr. Covey personally, and um, I, can, I can tell you that, that he's, a, he's a child of God, he's a very religious man. And or he was, he passed away a few years ago. And what he did is in this book, he gave us quite a few interesting things, things that I applied in my business life. But one of these things he called the time management quadrant. I don't know if any of you, who's heard about the time management quadrant? Ah, one, maybe two or three of you. So it looks something like this. Now when you look at this time management quadrant, you will see that there are four quadrants, and I've marked them for you. Quadrant one, two, three, and four. So you will see that you've got quadrant one, quadrant two, quadrant three, quadrant four. And if you look at each quadrant, quadrant one are the important things that are urgent. Quadrant two are the important things that are not urgent. Quadrant three, not important, but urgent. And quadrant four is what? It is not important, neither is it urgent. And he's li he listed a couple of things, and, I, and I'll read through them quickly for you. And, and one of the things that I just wanted to ask you about this is this. Which quadrant do you think most people spend most of their times in? Which quadrant do you think? Who says one? Can I see, see some hands? Okay, if one or two of you. Quadrant two? Not that many. Quadrant three? Yeah, okay, few. Quadrant four? Most of you. Quadrant four. Okay. Maybe you've, uh, you were there yesterday when I prepared this, this for you. Most people in the world spend most of their times with things that are not urgent and not important. Not urgent, not important. And he says, and from a business perspective, I've added some things in, so, so you know, I apologize for that, but it's, it's for this purpose. So the activities in quadrant four is trivia, busy work, personal social media, phone calls, time wasters, entertainment, socializing, information overload. Yo, because we can keep ourselves busy with information overload. So those are the type of activities that we keep ourselves busy with. The results, listen to the results, this is incredible. Irresponsibility, dependency, procrastination, lethargy, and compromising. If you spend your time in quadrant four, that's what's going to happen in your life. The second area where we spend most of our times is actually in quadrant three. The things that are urgent, but they're really not important. And the activities in this one is interruptions, again, social media, like I mentioned earlier, emails, reports, proximate pressing matters, popular activities, entertainment. 
That's what we see in that one. The result, you know, it's quite funny. When I say um, urgent but not important, when I do counseling sessions and my phone rings, do you know that almost everybody says you can answer that? My phone is not, it, it, it's, it's just on vibrate, so it's, it just goes, bzz, you know, on my desk. And then people will say, Man, you, you can answer that. And I said, no, I can't. Like, why not? I said, because I'm talking to you. You made the time to come and see me and sit in front of me so that phone can ring. I can phone them back or they can phone me again or they can leave a message and I'll get back to them. But my focus is on you now because you came to see me. How many of us do that? I'm busy talking to my wife and my phone rings. Sorry, sweetie. Yo, can I help you quickly? That's what we do. Because it's urgent. There's suddenly a phone call. Maybe there's a person wants something immediately. But it's not important. Trust me. It's not important. Sonia knows that if something really important happens, I don't answer my phone while I'm in counseling. But Mariki is here. So if there's something really important that needs my attention immediately, she will immediately phone Mariki and say, this has happened, can you please just tell Chris? But I don't answer my phone. You see, I should be doing it when I'm talking to Sonia and my phone rings. Or a message comes through. Or a WhatsApp is sent. And I, just hold on, I just want to see this WhatsApp quickly. That's that quadrant number three. Then, the next one is uh, where people spend most of their time in is in quadrant one. Things that are urgent and important. And we think, Mary, uh, not Mary, Martha, ooh, that was very important and it was urgent. People had to eat and she had to make the food. So that was very important and urgent. What are the activities? Crises. We're always busy with some sort of a crisis, especially at work. There's always a crisis that you need to give attention to. Pressing problems, deadlines, or being deadline-driven. Oh, we've got to get this thing done before a certain time. What are the results? Oh, sorry, I didn't tell you the results for quad quadrant three. The results for quadrant three, short-term focus, crisis management, inadequacy, feel victimized, shallow or broken relationships. Quadrant one, the results, stress, burnout, crisis management. People are so stressed out at the moment, it is scary. Because we're busy with important, urgent things, we think. But where should we be spending our time? We should be spending our time in quadrant two. With things that are important and seemingly, I'm just saying seemingly, not urgent. What are the things? Let's look at the activities in this area. Prevention. Capability improvements. You know, studying, making yourself better. Relationship building. We don't think that's urgent. Because I can do that later. But it's important. Recognizing new opportunities. Planning recreation. God and family. I added that one in as well. Because that is really important. And if you didn't think it was urgent, I think you need to think again. Because it is really urgent. What are the results? We get new vision. Get a new perspective. We find balance in our lives. We live according to discipline. We understand what control is. Growth. And strong relationships we find in quadrant four. 
And that is where you and I should be spending time. And what is really important, we need to sit down and determine what is really important in my life. Let me tell you what is important in your life. God is important in your life. Your family is important in your life. Then the rest happens. Are we spending our time divided up into what is really important? Most of my time spending with God, most of my time spending with my family, and then I'll do my job and all the other things. Yeah, I know we work 9 to 5 and all those sort of things, or 8 to 5 for some, or 8 to 7 for some. It doesn't matter what time you... Yeah, we do work. But your work will never, ever be more important than your relationship with God and your relationship with your family. Why do we see families broken up? It's because we don't make time for them. Because we don't give attention to them. Because we are not present in our families' lives. We are not present where our Father is. And I hope this, this quadrant helps you a little bit. If you want it, you can contact me. I'll send it to you. It's not a problem. But maybe we should go and sit and look at our lives and go and determine where we should be spending our time. So what are you looking for in 2022? I will tell you what my desires are for 2022. They might not be yours, but they are mine. See, I want to increase my intimacy with Yeshua and with Abba Father. I want to seek His face and His constant presence in my life. I want to indulge myself in His wonderful word. I want to hear His voice clearer and sweeter. I want to worship Him and be content and grateful in everything. I want to be present for my family. I want to do His work to the best of my ability. And I want to spread His loving kindness. Those are my desires for 2022. And in order for me to do these things, I need to make God my priority. Not put Him on a priority list. He must be my priority. I need to spend more time in prayer, in worship, and in His Word. I need to honor Him in everything that I do, especially when I'm doing things for others. There's a long list that I can add to that, and you can add that to you for yourselves. But what I want to tell you this morning is don't waste time. Please don't waste time. Start now. There's no better time as this moment. Start now. I want to conclude this morning with the words of Paul that he wrote to us in Romans 13, verse 11 to 12. He says this, And that knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. May we shine for Him in this year to come. Everywhere we go, may we shine the light of Yeshua. May we shine His love in this world, especially in your families. Especially in your families. May that be true for every single person here this morning that received this word. And I hope God spoke to your heart as He spoke to my heart when I was preparing this message. Because this is really important.
that we need to seek relationship more than everything, anything else. Let's stop being busy. Let's stop with what we are doing. And let's just reflect on what is really important. What has eternal value in your life? Let's work on that. Yes, we need to do some of the other things as well. I'm not saying we should stop working and stop doing all the other things. But where are you spending most of your precious time? On social media, in front of the TV, parties? Are you spending it with your family? And are you spending it with God? May that be true for you and I. Amen. Father, what a privilege it is to spend time in your presence. May we be like a David and Isaiah. May we be desiring, may we thirst after your presence, and may we thirst and desire after your word. May we have a longing to build a lasting relationship, an intimate relationship with you. Father, I ask you that you will guide us into what is really important. Show us, Lord, what is important in our lives. And let us make time for that. Lord, we have, as I mentioned earlier, there are so many desires that I have for this year. My biggest desire of all is just to get closer to you. May that be the desire of every one of your children, to get closer to you so that we can learn what your will for our lives is, and so that we go and, can go and do it. Father, give us the strength, because without you, we can do absolutely nothing. And therefore, we ask you to give us the strength to do this. And we honor you and we praise you in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.